Is this where I start talking? <laughs> you don't have to delete it. I was too busy taking pictures of the microphone. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the other side. I am your host, Tiffany Rufino, and I am here with the left eyebrow to my right eyebrow, Mr. Rufino, and although we are separate, we are connected. <laughs> is that a uh, is that a joke on... Uh, you could have just left that question at, is it a joke? <laughs> is that a joke? Is that it, a joke? Let's just leave it at that. What yeah. is a joke? Is a joke a joke? Who came a up joke? with the word joke? Yeah. Now try saying that word a million times today and see how much more weirder it gets. I was thinking about I'll be sure. And that, that was the word. That the was, way that he spelled his name? No. Oh. The, the unibrow. Oh. And we go he had circle. a unibrow? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a unibrow. I don't think I was watching MTV during that time. No, I had to have been because radio killed But the you know, joke and brow are both four letter words. That sounds like a name. Somebody's name. Jokenbrow? <laughs> you know, good old Jokenbrow. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yes, they are four-letter words. You saw what I did there? I, I heard what you did there. You heard what I did there? You know, we got a lot of uh, great feedback on our last podcast, I think, because we were just so silly. We do that sometimes. We had a lot of fun on the last podcast. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of uh, back-and-forth fun. Today, we're talking about four-letter words. I think as we talk, we're going to find that um, there's more than the one that we're going to introduce today. I think as we talk it out, we're going to be like, oh, wait, that's another one, though. And that's another one. That's what I anticipate happening. All right. Um, so today's four-letter word, ladies and gentlemen, and do not worry if you have youngins around. It's, it's not that kind of four-letter word, although it could be taken as that kind of four-letter word. And the word today, is, I feel like I'm doing a Sesame Street. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by <laughs> the letters. The letter, the four letters. <laughs> B-O-S-S. That's B-O-S-S. And that spells boss. Boss. I'm a boss. <laughs> and it came to mind uh, because I was thinking about how... I've been in a role where I've been a manager, I've reported to a manager, I've reported to a leader, I've been a leader, I still consider myself a leader, I consider that to be the best way to describe somebody who is quote unquote in charge of something. Uh, I think leader is the better word for it. And then there's boss, which is... Uh, universal in the way that either leaders or managers are referred to by their teams or employees or direct reports, whatever, you know, your quote unquote status, uh, you know, allows you to refer to your team as. And to be honest, I think most of our listeners have been in the position of reporting to someone or being the someone that gets reported to. Um, so I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to being on both sides of that fence. Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, even if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you know, you are your own boss, right? And if you are, um, you know, somebody that is a parent, you are still a boss of a little one. <laughs> you know, you're, you're still a boss. Yeah, you got to you're, you're kind of in charge of or well, you're leading. 
you're leading that person, uh, the little one, to grow and become a human. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, what you'll see in motivational quotes and inspirations and just stuff that gets people going is the word boss. Uh, For example, like goal boss, boss lady, lady boss, some sort of, uh, you know, cake boss, cake boss. Yep. And I need your help talking through why that word makes me angry. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me so angry and it's only makes me angry when it's referring to somebody and it's not even angry. I guess it just makes me uncomfortable. Let's go with uncomfortable. It takes a lot to really make me angry. It makes me uncomfortable when somebody uh, would refer to me as a boss, uh, even though their intentions were pure. Uh, You can tell when someone's intentions are not pure, when they're like, okay, boss, you can hear it in the tone, you can hear it in the context, and you know based on the relationship you have with that person, right? But then you have, like, the your fun work friends or just friends in general, like, okay, boss lady, let's go, let's do this. And you're like, ah, no, but I don't want to have it be looked at that I'm different than you. And I think that's where, okay, so now it's starting to come to me as I'm talking it out. And that's how you guys know that we don't plan these out because I start to ramble. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing at that? We both ramble. Mm-hmm. I I have no claim <laughs> to tell anybody about I'm rambling. the ramble boss. <laughs> yeah. So as I'm talking it out, what I'm thinking is that when I've been in a position to have a manager where somebody was my manager. I've had good experiences and I've had not so good experiences, right? And all of those experiences I welcome because I've learned from it. However, I think the bad experiences tainted the word for me and put such a negative connotation on the word boss in that okay, that's what a boss does. Like a boss walks around and tells you what to do and they get to hang out in their office and they don't have to do the the other work and the hard work and, you know, deal with all this. They get to just be a boss and sit behind a desk. I think that's what my uh, impression and perception of the word became. And I think that's a uh, definitely a conditioned belief that I've I've grown to have. So when someone referred to me that way, even if it was in a different industry, and even after I went from manager to leadership, I think I took it personally without them knowing why, even though they had good intentions, because I never wanted to be perceived as that boss behind the desk that doesn't do the stuff. Like it was more of no, 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 we're, there is no hierarchy here. Like uh, we're in it together. We're going to go through this together. We're going to make it happen together. And, uh, you know, I made sure to overcompensate, I think in my behaviors in always giving a hundred and thousand percent in order to let people know, no, I'm not a boss. I'm I'm definitely uh, in the same playing field as you reaching for the same goal. I think you see, at least in my experience, I see more of the potential for that type of I'm just sitting behind the desk and not doing anything behavior. And really, a lot of the bad habits in much bigger organizations. And by that, I mean, <clears throat> um, it, it earlier, uh, well, 
many years ago when I worked at uh, a very big company, I would go, I had a stretch of time where I was going from manager to manager. Like the managers were like a revolving door. And there were a couple of them that came in and they wanted to remind me that I worked for them. And my response was always, no, I work for company whatever. The company that you also work for, you're just in charge of making sure that I'm doing a good job. And so that was kind of my passive aggressive way of kind of pushing them back. But that, you know, where when I've worked with uh, companies that are smaller and the person who is the quote unquote boss is also say the owner, right? Mm -hmm. They have a stake in the game. (laughs) If the company goes down, they they stand to lose more. It's not like they can just go to the next place and just apply and get the same position. So they're more likely to be in the trenches. Not saying that it doesn't happen because it definitely does happen in smaller organizations, but that type of thing happens as far as what I've seen in the in the bigger companies. Okay. So let me ask you, when you think of your uh, your job now, your career right now, do you have bosses, leaders, or managers? Oh, that's a, that's a bit nebulous. I'm going to say... Why you got to use those big words? <laughs> the, well... All the vowels. Jeez. I currently, <laughs> in my current role, I don't officially report to anyone. And that's a long story, and it's going to be rectified soon. But... In the in the realm of the people that I that I consider stakeholders, right, for projects that I work on, I would say that they are leaders. Okay. Um, do you see boss as a or when you hear the word boss, do you hear a positive or negative or neutral? Neutral, very neutral. Is that because you don't add emotions to words, or because that particular word doesn't bring up anything for you? Um. It's more the second one, and it's it's really, I've seen bosses that are bad. I've seen bosses that are good. So I almost feel like that needs to be a wrap. <laughs> my boss bad. My boss good. My boss does stuff that your boss never could. <laughs> but, but it, you know, to, to tell you, like, I, I like the distinction that you always make between manager and leader. And... In my current career, I do come across people who are managers, right? And they care more about checking off a list than they do bringing their team to the next level. But there are also people who want to bring their team to the next level. They want to engage and they want to understand things. So uh, I've seen both, uh, you know. But but you don't have any sort of preference or... Like if all of a sudden your your uh, company started referring to your leaders as managers, would that change your perspective of who you have? I think it's more the behavior than the name because my company actually does refer to them as managers. Okay, um, but they don't act that way. That that was my next question. So does the word drive the behavior, or does the behavior drive the word? I think the culture drives the behavior. And the word, and and again, it depends on where you are, but the word can go by the wayside. The culture, I think, is stronger than the word. See, I disagree with you. I think the behavior can create the culture. 
Okay. So, uh, you know, and it's like the chicken or the egg, right? If if I come into an organization and I've always been in management and I'm coming into an organization that is now based on leadership, but I have the mindset of management, my mindset is, okay, this is what I have to achieve. This is the numbers that we need to achieve. Like, I know what I need to manage and I know that I need to tell people what to do. Whereas a leadership mindset, if I've always come from leadership or I've learned what leadership is, I'm going in to lead the team to get the results versus letting the results drive the team. And I think the onus is on the person who is at the, I mean, it always falls from the top, right? But the onus is on the person who's at the top of whatever company to drive that culture. And I would say if your culture is strong enough and somebody comes in with a, a manager mindset in a leader culture, they won't survive. I've never experienced that. But if you go back to the word boss <laughs> and you think about boss and like when I was with organizations, that's where the feeling of oh, I'm not so I'm not a big fan of boss. It's just not a thing. And I now that we're venturing more out into the other side and what the other side is going to evolve into the next steps, the next phases. I like the word boss because, you know, I don't think it's driving my behavior by any means because I haven't I don't have like anything in my office or anything around the house that, uh, you know, insinuates that I'm a boss. Right. Like I don't have girl boss or anything like that going on, but I have it in the back of my head. And I think the difference is, is now I'm changing what the definition is. And it's just a little bit of inspiration of like you get to decide. You, if you don't want to call that role that role, then you don't have to because you're the boss. Like, and, and just changing my mindset and rewiring my thinking as to this is your baby. This is what you're starting. This is what you're creating. So own it. That seems like you want to change it from being a boss over people to being a boss over your idea, your concept, your project. Yeah, and being accountable to myself in that there is nobody, maybe you, depending on the topic. Okay, let's not get crazy. But there is nobody that I have to be accountable to right now as far as where I go, what direction I focus on. Like right now we're focusing on the the media part of the other side, which I love. I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's just come full circle. Our last episode was our 30th episode and, you know, it it just all kind of came to fruition when I was reflecting and thinking, wow, I was on the radio back in um, 1900s and, uh, you know, into the 2000s because I went back after high school and I still worked at the radio station, was still an on-air personality and never thought that it would come around again. And now here we are. Right. So full circle there. And I just think. You know, it's funny that my automatic behaviors went into what I was comfortable with and the word boss just kept coming to mind. Like, you know, you you talk to yourself, you have an internal dialogue that goes on between you and your brain and it's limitless. See what I did there? Hey, other siders, are you looking for the perfect decoration to adorn your home with? Or what about a seasonal wreath for your favorite holiday exactly the way that you want it? Limitless Adornments creates beautifully unique 100% custom wreaths all year round. 
Each wreath is handmade and custom made to celebrate your favorite holiday, hobby, or just a place in your home. If you're interested in placing a custom order for your own personalized wreath, look up Limitless Adornments on Facebook, Instagram, and Etsy to make your perfect wreath a reality. Mention the other side to receive 10% off your first order. Welcome back. We are discussing the word boss and why I hate it. No. <laughs> We're I like how you said boss there. Boss. Like, 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 boss. It, like it rhymes boss. with sauce. Boss. <laughs> now I'm going to say it all different every time I say it. And we're talking about where I came up with the thought that boss was a bad word. And is it a bad word? And how do you feel if you're referred to as a boss? And does it change if you work for somebody else versus if you work for yourself? And, uh, you know, there's there's all different examples where you could work for yourself, whether it's, you know, in merchandising or in a service that you do or a service that you provide, that sort of thing. Um, I think... When I work for myself, I don't mind calling myself a boss, but there, I said it differently again. (laughs) Now it's on my mind. Um, But when I work with other people, I don't want them to have that visual of me as a boss. But then now that I'm talking it out, it's, well, if I feel that the word has been negative in my experiences, maybe now's the chance for me to change how that word could be viewed, especially from... A female perspective. Oh, okay. And I don't want to, you know, exclude anybody or any genders by discussing, you know, primarily male or female roles, because we can go into all different, you know, sorts of ways with the word boss. But for this example, for me, because I can only speak from my perspective, which is a female perspective, in the past, uh, you know, I think that if a woman is spoken of as a boss there's other b words that can be associated with her Hmm. um because she's somebody that takes charge she's somebody that walks in like a boss dresses like a boss talks like a boss you know and does boss things you know i think that um at least in the mainstream it has the perception of that has evolved a little bit to where at you know, where it's if, celebrated versus it, well if you if you if, if i was to go back to like the 1900s, 1900s. <laughs> and the, you, you think the caricature of a boss in the the guy with the suit i think the a oversized, boss baby i think in, a boss baby in the oversized yeah. chair smoking the cigar laughing as he's counting his money mm-hmm. and now you know there's songs where it's like your image of a, of someone who's a boss is different. And you see on Instagram people calling themselves a boss of whatever. And it, the perception of what it is to be a boss, it's almost like you're in charge of your own destiny. You're in charge of your own um, surroundings. So I don't think I think the that the um, that the visualization of that has evolved. Um, anybody who looks at it as especially if you're an effective person. Anybody who thinks that by being a negative person or being... When you said effective, did you mean effective or effective? Because I think that could work both ways, right? I'm looking at it effective as in if I was somebody who wanted to invest in your business 
and I looked you at... You better be somebody that wants to invest <laughs> in my business. But, but if I was to look at, you know, you, you look at what are your results, right? And we know that there are different things that drive results and there are things that drive results in a positive way um, by improving the surroundings of everybody around you. And we also see that there are things that can get you positive results in a negative way. But if you're an effective boss, as in you have a positive environment and you get positive results, then the, uh, for me, the stigma of, well, you, you had to, you had to crack some skulls to get that done is probably, I think that's abated a little bit. And, and the people who think that that's what they have to do in order to get results, um, they, they have a misconception of what the modern boss is. What's mind boggling to me is that I have uh, I have one way to look at it, you know, where it's said to me. But if I say the word boss about somebody, it's always with a positive, like cheerleader intention. Like, yeah, you're a boss. Like you did that like a boss. You accomplished that like a boss. And, uh, you know, I you see Naomi Campbell on the runway and you're like, oh, she's a boss, you know, like all maybe celebrities that stand out to you. You're like, wow, she just rocks it like a boss or he rocked it like a boss. And I it, it's funny. It's coming to mind now. The first thought that came, comes to mind is that they own that ish. <laughs> the other four letter <laughs> word, right? They owned it. And but when I say it, it's positive. But if it's said to me, it's like I can't own my own stuff. And I think we've been conditioned to believe that we can't think positively about the stuff that we have because it doesn't come across as humble. It comes across as overconfident or bragging. Yeah, like that. Like you, now that I talk it out, brag, another four letter word. You don't want to you don't want to seem arrogant. You And yeah, that's a that, that's a thing that a lot of people have. Over another four letter word. So overconfident, like you're bragging. So, you know, you, you got to be humble, which I totally agree with. But there's a way to be humble and still celebrate yourself along the way and own what you're doing. And I think that's the difference between being confident and arrogant and braggadocious, right? Because mm -hmm. you can brag about stuff that you've done. It's how often do you do it in the same conversation to the same people? Or how often are you bragging about something new? Right. I mean, like there's all different types of uh, bragging, I believe. And maybe that's another four letter word conversation that we could have another day. But I think owning your successes is just as important as calling out what your opportunities are. That's that's a good way to look at it. Um, some modern organizations actually kind of make you brag. So like, give me an example of that. Like the. The uh, the way that some companies do their reviews is they make you, you know, and it's not just a self. They make you do a self assessment, but it's not just a, like a self assessment where you're checking off boxes. You almost have to write a an essay or a report or like a new resume of yeah. the things that you've done. Right? Do you Same. know why they do that? Well, part of it is to get you involved in the process of your own assessment so that you understand what your review looks like. Okay. Um, and then the other part of it would, I would assume is so that you're cognizant of your, beha your 
behavior and your accomplishments throughout the year. So it makes you strive to do more. There's It's a double-edged sword, though, because then you have the type of people that, for example, take on a project or try to push through a project that maybe they shouldn't, but it's really just so that they can add a line to that essay, right? But overall, it seems like a positive to get people to do that. Well, going back to the whole annual review piece or performance review, it's positive reinforcement for the behaviors that you were doing. So you continue doing those behaviors and then you get recognized for them, right? Along with the opportunities and things that you want to develop yourself on moving forward. Um, But when you think about writing down what you've accomplished, it's holding yourself accountable to that and understanding that what you did cause this result versus, you know, saying, well, if it wasn't for Jeff helping me out with that V lookup in Excel, there's no way that I could have mm-hmm. ever gotten this right. And, and not owning my success because again, I don't want to brag or be overconfident in that. Um, the challenge that I have is with the word annual performance review. If they're going, if you as a leader or your organization is going to ask for an annual performance review and you're not having somebody celebrate throughout the year and they have to reflect back on the year, you know, the past 12 months and all the things that they did. And there hasn't been check-in points and monthly, you know, performance reviews or just conversations or things like that, then they got to wait a year to find out if what they've been doing is good or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I would hope that organizations that do the that do this also check in from time to time and say, hey, how's it going? Like, how was your first day? <laughs> yeah. 12 months later. <laughs> but the, here's the thing. So you you have organizations that do that and you have the, for lack of a better phrase, the hierarchy, right? You have the bosses, managers, or leaders that do the check-ins, but then you have the team that doesn't want the constant checking in. They don't understand the intention. Like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's good. I don't need nothing. Yep. Yeah. I worked on this. I worked on that. Just like we discussed, I did my job. Like those are the people that want to come in, do their job, leave. Don't bother me. I'm good. And they think that sometimes the perception is, is that my leader is having this conversation with me because they're trying to get more out of me. I, I work in tech and I can tell you that if you go back 20 30 years in tech, if you have the mindset of, hey, I came in and I did my job, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you you really want to be one of those that rocks the boat. Uh, I don't know that tech is a unique industry when it comes to that, but anything in the tech sector, if uh, you, you really do want to be coming into work thinking, how can I change everything today and how can I make everything better today? But some people don't want to do that. Some people go into tech because they know what to expect. It's not something that's going to be out of the ordinary or unpredictable. And they can just go in. They could do what they do because that's what they do best. And that's what they love to do. And they know that they're always going to get a result no matter what they do. And then go home because it's It's, not people driven. It's a weird segue. So I'm not going to dwell on this. But I already did. I'm. We're going into the deep, dark (laughs) podcast (laughs) to to go even a little bit down the rabbit hole. This is a story I tell people that I work with and people in other companies that um, that partner with mine. 
And it's about the fact that the Whopper and the Big Mac came out in the 50s and 60s. If you were to go get a Whopper from Burger King, if you get in a time machine and pick up the Whopper from Burger King, right, and you get it in the 50s and you buy one today, they're pretty close to identical and they taste pretty much close to the same. If you pick up a computer from three years ago and you pick up a computer from today, it's completely different. I have to disagree with you. I think if you look at the type of hamburgers McDonald's produced back in the day versus what they're producing now, I, I would have to say it's quite different. Well, I mean, if you, you I think look costs at, have been cut somewhere along the <laughs> you, way. You can you can look at it, I'm, and I'm just saying like the raw product. Like if you look at a Big Mac, I and think you look at it con- over the years. Conceptually, you're talking. Yeah. Okay. It's it's you know the everybody knows the song, the two all beef patties, special sauce, blah blah blah. I would compare it to cell phones. You got the big chunky cell yeah, phone that, to mm-hmm. you know the slim cell phone that you have now. That's true too, and so dip, I guess that brings up a whole separate thing is. You also have to know your industry. So there are industries out there where being consistent is important, right? So I wouldn't say like tech or fashion is one of those things. If you if, if you're wearing the same, if you're designing the same clothing now that you did 20 years ago, you're, you're not going to be successful. Unless you're a big brand name. Because you could be Chanel, you could be Versace, you mm-hmm. could be Dior. Like there's a, a classic yeah. look that goes with those tech not so much but i think the reputation of the company has to be relied on but you still have to evolve yeah and then there are other things where like if you make wood like if you make bookshelves bookshelves or bookshelves so you may add a little flourish here or there but overall the intent is that it doesn't fall <laughs> So, <laughs> well, so is it, well, I, I think we're going into a whole other topic because then I want to challenge you again and say, well, no, now there's like the honeycomb look for bookshelves where you have yeah. the, the little octagons all put together and it's not Admittedly, your standard Admittedly, I don't bookshelf. know anything about bookshelves. <laughs> like the bookshelf industry you is not my forte. You what the encyclopedias used to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, encyclopedias, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but um, having said that, you can be... It, would would you say that depending on the industry, it would determine what type of boss you are? And I'm thinking of places that have compliance. Like if you work in, uh, say, an oil rig or something where like safety is super important and you have to strict adherence to specific rules. Otherwise, something goes horribly wrong. Right. Would you say that it? Is there an industry, do you think, that invites a certain type of boss that you wouldn't have in another industry? I think when it comes to certain industries that it does require a different level of acknowledgement for what the role is. So when you said oil rig, immediately my mind went to safety, you know, and that the person in charge is not supposed to be looked at as like the fun buddy, right? Because let's not mess around on an oil rig. This is people's lives that you have to take care of. So I would think that there would be some sort of ranking that needs to be acknowledged there in order to make sure that, 
you know, we're not playing games in this Mm -hmm. scenario. I think the same thing goes for our armed forces. I think the same thing goes for uh, policing. You know, I think those areas, right? Building skyscrapers, construction, you know, anything where I think there's a, I don't want to say just an element of safety because I don't want to ignore other like rules and regulations and things, but anything where the risk is high. I just think if I was knock on wood, I'm I'm sitting in a hospital bed and the doctor's talking to me and then the nurse is there and the doctor acknowledges directions to the nurse on how to take care of me and she's like, Okay, boss, I think I would sit there as the patient and be like, Uh oh. <laughs> like <laughs> something happened. Like I start thinking Grey's Anatomy and I'm like, What's going on behind the scenes and why do they hate each other? You know? And mm-hmm. I think that uh, again, going back to your original question, are there different situations where, or different industries where that would be called for? I think maybe it's just time to redefine the word boss. And, you know, maybe it's it starts with me, right? Like, how do I redefine it? And it's not even redefining right now. I think it's just going back to what I was just talking about and that a boss is somebody that just owns themselves. They own what they do. They do what they say that they're going to do. They are creative, they are innovators, they are um, people that are electric to be around in a good way, not in an electrocution way, (laughs) where, you know, if we work together, you're out, but I'm in, you know, it's in a way where we work together, and it's a collaboration. And, uh, you know, it could be two bosses working together. And I, I think that this is going to be something that evolves for me, in how I talk to myself in my mind and have that internal dialogue on words in the future, especially with the way the other side is going to be set up, it's going to be a game changer. And I have to think about what does that language sound like and how do I change people's mindset? Because it took such a long time for for organizations to go from management to leadership that this will be a big change as well. And so I want to make sure that it makes sense, that it is something that can be done, but it doesn't always have to stay, I don't want to say stagnant, but it doesn't have to just be defined by that one thing that it could always evolve from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost like Bruce Lee saying, be water, be fluid. Yes, I, I want it to be very fluid. I want, that's the perfect way to uh, to say that. And I was going to say fluid's a four-letter word, but it's totally not. <laughs> that's me being blonde, but at least I called myself out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that, I would love to hear your words on... Um, you know, what's your four letter word? What's the one that gets under your skin? And what are your thoughts on the word boss? Uh, So hit me up on Facebook, Tiffany Rufino, or on Instagram, the official underscore T Rufino. And I look forward to hearing from you the other side. And stay safe, stay healthy. And don't forget to sign up for our text message group 386-204- 4144 so you can hear first what our podcast is going to be about and get reminders and some awesome information thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe and share we'll see you next time on the other side enterprise